Good morning. Welcome to the gathering of Recreate Church. I am so glad to have John lead worship here this morning. He does a fantastic job. Thank you so very much. And um, I don't think I'd heard that song until recently. That is, that is a nice one. That is a nice one. It's a blessed day. It's Mother's Day. I am a very lucky man. I got my mom here with this morning, with me this morning. I got my grandmother here with me this morning. And I got a bunch of church mamas here this morning. Do you know what I mean when I say church mamas? Now, a church mama will be like a mother to you, even if she's not old enough to be your mother. She, a church mama will, will love you and nurture you and support you and be there for you. Look, whether you, you still have your mom or, or maybe you did or did not have a great relationship with your mama, you can have a mama here. There's a mom here for you. Maybe many, many mothers. I remember my first church I ever pastored. There was an amazing lady named Betty who it was one of those churches where you had to wear a suit and tie, and I'm totally glad that we're not doing that. Uh, There's an amazing lady named Betty who would always make sure my tie was straight. And um, that was a very necessary thing for me at the time. So for most people, a mother, that mother relationship is their, our first connection to another person. And if not exactly a biological mother, then someone playing that role of mother. Long before we have any concept of God's incredible love for us, our first ideas about love come from a connection with a mother. Now, I know it doesn't always work out perfectly. John, you, you said it right. Moms are just as, are they're flawed human beings like everybody. And the relationship between mother and child is much more complex than the simple poetry in a Mother's Day card. And yet, even for folks who maybe didn't have a really good relationship with mother, we, we have an idea of what a mother's love should be, right? We have an idea. Otherwise, you wouldn't look at the relationship and say, well, my relationship with my mom is not what it should have been. We have an idea of what it should be, regardless of our experience. And what should a mother's love be? What should it be? We can say a lot there. But for today, I want to talk to you how a mother, about how a mother's love is gentle gentleness is not limited to mothers or to women in the word of god we're told that all jesus followers should be gentle and that goes for the sweetest little mama and the biggest burliest beardiest brawny paper towel looking men there is we got some big old boys have y'all looked around this room we got some big old boys in here i'm so glad that they're gentle i think of uh, if I were to walk into a dark alley, alley and see Keith and Josh, there, I would be looking for two things. The way out and a clean pair of pants. Thankfully, these guys are gentle and they're my friends. So, But if I ever have to loot like some ministry in a rough neighborhood, that's who I'm taking. I'm taking them with me. Because everybody's going to get saved in there or else. No, it's gentleness is a thing that all of us are supposed to have. We're going to explore a passage in the Bible where the person who is uh, saying he was gentle and gentle like a mother was someone who definitely was not a mom. It would not seem to apply to this guy, and yet he demonstrated uh, the gentleness of a mother, a mother. We're going to see that gentleness is not weakness. Gentleness is strong. Gentle is strong. That's the name of the message today. Gentleness 
is a powerful kind of strength. So we're in 1 Thessalonians chapter 2, verses 7 and 8. Um, just to put it in context, this what we call the book of Thessalonians, the letter of the Thessalonians, the epistle of Thessalonians, it started out as, as an actual letter written by a church leader named Paul to a group of believers in the Greek city of Thessalonica. That city is still around in Greece now, pronounced a little differently. But these were people trying to live out the Jesus life. And here Paul is writing them in a letter explaining how to do things. And that's, that's how we get this. This is, was a, the context is a, it's a real letter. So see if you can pick up on a little bit of the awkwardness here. It's, it feels awkward to me. See if it feels awkward to you. It goes like this. 1 Thessalonians chapter 2, verses 7 and 8. But we were gentle among you, just as a nursing mother cherishes her own children. So affectionately longing for you, we were well pleased to impart to you not only the gospel of God, but also our own lives, because you had become dear to us. We'll stop there and pray. Heavenly Father, in Jesus' name, we thank you for mothers and those who have been motherly when they didn't have to. God, we pray that you'll open our eyes to this the strength that is in gentleness that is demonstrated to us in the love of a mom. In Jesus' name, amen. So the Apostle Paul is a guy who we mention a lot because he wrote about half of the books in the New Testament. And they were all these letters. He wrote lots of letters, and these letters were, were, so, were the truth of God. They were inspired. They were more than just somebody writing to a letter, writing a letter to a friend or something. They were, they were truly inspired. Now, Paul has never been accused of being feminine. As a matter of fact, through the years, people have unfairly criticized the Apostle Paul for appearing anti-feminine. That's not true. And here we, we find this, this thing where Paul is comparing himself to a nursing mother. Okay, that's an awkward like illustration for a dude. Can we agree? Right? If you're just making up the Bible, would you put something kind of awkwardly awkward like that in there? I don't think I would. Uh, but there's truth here. In context, he's saying how he and his helpers nurtured new believers in the faith. Like a mom would nurture young children. He said they were as gentle and compassionate as a mother is towards her newborn child, feeding them, not with milk, not with like literal milk, but with the milk of the word of God. And he says here that we were pleased to impart to you the gospel of God and our own lives. They were giving of their own lives, their, their own life force. And that's what a mom does, right? She gives of her own life force. A nursing mother gives of her own life force. Her, she gives her strength to the baby to make the baby strong. The world needs a lot more people who give of their strength to make others strong and who don't use their strength to hold others down or to hurt others well it's not easy though maybe you noticed people in this world can be a little rough not gentle you seen that harsh people can be harsh people can be impatient people can be anything but gentle and i wish that did not apply to me and i don't ever mean to but sometimes does it ever feel like a person who you want to love and who you want to care about is an obstacle or an inconvenience. Like for me, I, I don't know how it happens. But every time I go to the grocery store, it is the same time for the slow walkers to go to the grocery store. 
If you don't understand what I mean by the slow walkers, I have bad news for you. Um, the slow walkers are not in a hurry. They're walking down the middle of the lane with the big buggy, not one of the little ones, with a big buggy. And they're going 0.05 miles per hour. Um, and they're always stopped in front of the place that I need to be. I drink a lot of coffee. Maybe a little too much. Um, and the slow walkers are always in front of the coffee creamer, like the powdered coffee creamer, right? Just, just there, just looking. Looking at the coffee creamer. And it's in those moments I am so grateful that my salvation depends on Jesus and not on me. Because if it depended on me, it would be in big trouble. Coffee creamer is not complicated. It is powder that you put in your coffee to make it not taste like what it is. They have the same kind of coffee creamer they had last time. There's the normal, there's French vanilla, and there's hazelnut. And then there's the store brand, and then there's the fancy brand. I just want my plain store brand coffee creamer. That's all. I think I need to go to the store with one of those long grabby things. You know what I'm talking about? La Ricci, the Ricci things. I'm a tall guy. I don't normally have to do that. But I think, would that be more or less awkward than like physically reaching over someone? Hey, don't, hey, I put my deodorant on. No worries. Reach. If I could just do one of those like, boop. It's like, hey, have fun walking slow. I'm getting my coffee creamer now. Other places, I think Isabel and I have discussed this before. Other places the slow walkers tend to linger is in front of the, the cheese. Now granted, there's more choices when it comes to cheese. There's lots of different kinds of cheese. I can forgive that, but not the coffee creamer. All right, if someone is, is going, that's a desperate situation. Do not delay someone's caffeine intake by lingering in front of the coffee creamer or coffee. That's it's not technically a sin, but it still feels wrong. Okay. You folks are much more sanctified than that, I'm sure. Y'all are so much more sanctified than that. And you would never, ever, ever feel like kind of just gently kind of like nudging away or like posting up like you're playing basketball, just kind of post up on them, grab the creamer and get back out of there like you're going in the paint. Am I the only person who tries to play basketball? Nick knows. He knows. Yeah, you post up on them, get the creamer. But then what about when you are on the highway and you're behind a slow driver? Not a really slow driver, just someone slow enough, slow enough that you, that they're slowing you down, but not slow enough that you can pass them. You follow me? Like that kind of a slow driver. This also happens when you're walking, when someone is walking in front of you and they're, they're just, they're not so slow that you can pass them without doing the weird speed walk thing. Um, but so slow that they're impeding you a little bit. Now, how do those people know you're in a hurry? How do they know? Uh, I remember um, when we lived in Metazadan and Katie uh, was working in Hillsville at the time, she would drive from uh, Highway 58, was before the four lane, and she would get behind the same little brown Volkswagen Rabbit every day with this little 80-pound lady riding in it. She was in absolutely no hurry, no hurry whatsoever. How do these people know that you're in a hurry? Frustrating. How do you be gentle with people like that? And then there's the other kind of people that ride your bumper. You know those, those people? You're going at completely reasonable speed, and they ride your bumper. 
if they can catch you, Duncan. They ride your bumper, and, and they're like right up on you. And, and when they try to pass you, you're like, mm, I don't think so. You've been rude. You've been rude, so you speed up a little bit. And somehow we encounter that. We're, we're on both sides of the, the driving speed thing, and we kind of don't catch the irony that half the time we're the ones slowing someone else down. We don't get that. Not, not dunking other people. Um, so <laughs> I've ridden with Duncan a few times. He's getting where he's going. He ain't got time to waste. He's Mr. Efficiency. Efficiency is what we're going to call it, not crime. Efficiency. Look, people, people do make it difficult to be gentle. If it was just like slow walkers and slow drivers or people who tailgate you, we could live, sort of live with that, but it's, it's other people too. It's people who, who you share your life with. It's, it's the people who you share your home with, you work with, and your family and all of that. And we, It's hard to be humans coexisting, isn't it? It's hard sometimes. Because people are, maybe if they, even if they don't mean to, people can be frustrating. There are times when it, do you ever feel like someone is deliberately misunderstanding you? I'd feel that right now. As y'all look at me blankly. Yeah. So, I'm going to be gentle with you though. People will mess up your plans. They will insult you. They will hurt your feelings. Sometimes on purpose. They will get in your way and they will generally be a nuisance. If you live in a house with other people and your kitchen is small, why is someone always standing in front of the drawer that you're trying to get in? I don't know. It's a scientific thing. And someone needs to figure it out. What do we do? How are we gentle with people when it's not easy, when people don't make it easy? Well, we know the, like, the churchy answer, right? We know the churchy answer. That we're supposed to pray and the Lord will help us. Well, that is the right answer. The Lord will help us to be gentle even when it's not easy to be gentle. Jesus' people should be the gentlest people you know. Should be. Should be. Unfortunately. Some people have experienced something very different from um, church folks. Some people have experienced something, well, that isn't so churchy out of church people. Those of you who have ever worked in retail or a restaurant on a Sunday know exactly what I'm talking about. Those of you who have ever had someone in your life who claims to be a Christian but doesn't know how to treat people know exactly what I'm talking about. Um, unfortunately, church folks can be rude, can be entitled, impatient, unforgiving, superior, mean. I would love to tell you that I have never been on the receiving end of church folks being petty or vindictive. But I've been in ministry for like 20 years at this point. So I've seen it. I've seen, I haven't seen everything, but I've seen enough. It happens. Now, I'll be quick to say that just showing up at a church meeting or even having, having your name on a church roll doesn't automatically mean you really know the Lord and you're honest to goodness saved. I mean, you can show up at a church meeting and it doesn't, mean, doesn't make you a Christian. You know, we had a mouse in here a while back and I don't think he got saved. I think he, he needed to get lost. That's what he needed to get. He did not get saved. Um, so, and then again, even honest to goodness saved folks don't always live like they should. And that goes... For the guy up here holding the mic too. But I do want to make it as plain as I can. It is so important that you be gentle with people. Especially 
if you ever want any hope of being a positive spiritual influence on their lives, if you are rough with people, it will damage and maybe destroy your ability to be a spiritual influence on them. Mm, that is heavy, heavy stuff. And we say, well, can we go back and can we unring that bell? Maybe we can. But if you've been rough on somebody that you want to be a spiritual influence on, you, you better be as gentle as you can. Go overboard with it from this point forward if you want a chance to influence them. But we might also say, we might get a little, a little defensive, say, well, wait a minute. They were rude to me first. They were mean to me first. They were hurtful to me. And I'm supposed to just let that happen? I'm supposed to be okay with that? And let me first say, that wasn't okay for someone to be hurtful to you. That's not an okay thing. There's not an excuse for that. It's not good. It's not right. But let me offer this. Here was Jesus' take on the subject. First of all, was anybody ever rude or mean to Jesus and He didn't deserve it? Well, they kind of like beat Him and tortured Him and killed Him in public. So we're going to go with yes. Jesus knew what it was like to receive harsh treatment, not gentle treatment. And yet, here's something that Jesus said. He said, this is a paraphrase, if you're nice to the people who are nice to you, is that really something special? Even people who don't make any spiritual claims whatsoever are nice to the people who are nice to them. That's not, don't act like that's, don't, we don't get a merit badge. I hear people say, well, I'll be good to people if they'll be good to me. Okay, if they're, is that, is that special? You're going to be mean to people who are good to you? Come on. That's normal. Don't act like that's they, like you get a prize. All right? You don't get no Arby's coupons for that. You don't get nothing. You just get to keep living and no one beats you up. But here's what is special. Jesus said, if you really want to show, if you want to, want to demonstrate that you're a child of God, be kind to the people who aren't kind to you. Respect, be respectful towards the people who aren't respectful to you. Show gentleness to the people who do not show gentleness to you. And if you do that, there's the evidence that God has really changed your life. Gentleness is evidence. It's one of the fruits of the Spirit. You remember those things? The fruits of the Spirit is a fruit. A fruit is something that um, is produced, that is grown by a, a plant. If you encounter an apple tree, what do you expect to be produced by the apple tree? It's easy. If you encounter a Jesus follower, one of the things you should expect to be produced is gentleness. That's one of the fruits of the Spirit. If gentleness is not present in your life, you better make sure Jesus is present in your life. You can call yourself a Christian. You can get a t-shirt that says, I'm a Christian. You can put the bumper stickers on your car. You can do anything, all of that. But if the Holy Spirit is not, pro is not producing the fruit of a changed life, Man, better go back and check your spiritual pulse. Jesus' people should be gentle people. So let's read it again. I want to read it again beginning at verse 7. <clears throat> but we were gentle among you just as a nursing mother cherishes her own children. So affectionately longing for you, we were, 
well pleased to impart to you not only the gospel of God, but also our own lives, because you had become dear to us. Go back to verse 7. Jesus' followers should treat people with such gentleness that the only good way to describe it is in the way an ideal mother behaves toward her child. Paul said they were giving of their, their very lives to these other people. A, a nursing mother does that. She gives of her life force. She gives of her strength to make her child strong. Now, here's this core idea. There's a core idea of this message if you'll put that last slide up. Gentleness is not weakness. Gentleness is using our strength to make others strong. Gentleness is not weakness. It's unfortunate that in our world, gentleness gets looked at as weakness sometimes. Treating, and, and treating people roughly is looked at as a strength. You know, in our culture, there, there are, we, we have this idea that if we lose our temper and we let somebody have it, mm, that's a sign of strength. Nobody going to run us over. Nobody going to disrespect us. They give us a hard time, we're going to give some back plus some. You get up in my face with our eyebrows touching, I'm going to cut you. I will cut you. Nobody. Anyway, not really. Maybe, actually. I don't know. Let's not find out. I get it. It's a tough world, y'all. It's a tough world. And there are people who will take advantage of you, and there will be times where it feels like you have to be rough and tough as a form of self-protection. And hey, I'm not there with you to see what's going on, but I will say this. The Lord sees when someone takes advantage of the vulnerable. And He will take care of it. Often in this life, certainly in the next, He will take care of it. Woe unto the person who takes advantage of the vulnerable. Here's what I'm getting at. Being rough and tough and hard, being a hard person, is not a sign of strength. Gentleness is a sign of strength. Okay. Take, for example, chihuahuas. Chihuahuas. According to the movie, all dogs go to heaven. All cats go... We'll talk about that later. Chihuahuas, though, wherever they're going, they're going to bite your face off on the way. Okay, now someone's saying, you don't know my sweet little Coco. He's sweet as can be. You know what? That's okay. There's always exceptions. Always. But chihuahuas have a reputation for being more than willing to have a little taste of you if you're in their way. There's a pretty clear reason why they're aggressive. Why are chihuahuas aggressive? Because they're small and they're scared and they're, they know they're vulnerable. <clears throat> it is not out of strength that they snack on your ankles. It's fear. It's weakness. Then there's a golden retriever. Sweet, lovable golden retriever, much bigger dog. And if a golden retriever actually bit someone full force, would do more damage than a chihuahua would do. But they don't have that reputation. Now, you'll probably tell me about some golden that bit somebody. Okay, always exceptions. Yes. But then for every one of those stories, there's a story of how a golden retriever found a little baby rabbit out in the yard and brought it up gently to lay it on the porch. I mean, and, and didn't hurt it. They're, they're known as gentle. 
The stronger dog shows more gentleness. So let's look at it another way. You ever had a two-year-old? You ever had a two-year-old? Two-year-olds um, can throw tantrums sometimes. Two-year-olds can throw tantrums. You know, the whole tantrum thing, crying, yelling, kicking, making demands. And sometimes that works. Sometimes it doesn't. Um, but do we look at that tantrum as a sign of strength? No, we look at them and say, it's, it's immaturity, right? It's weakness. So why in the world would we assume that an adult breaking bad on somebody is a sign of strength? It's, it's not. Only a truly powerful person can be gentle. To be gentle means you have the opportunity to do harm, but you don't. Okay, newborn baby puppies, aren't they sweet? Newborn baby puppies. Is a newborn baby puppy gentle? We want to say yes, but then I'm not so sure. Can a newborn baby puppy cause any harm to anybody? Mm, probably not. Not much, very little. A newborn baby puppy is more harmless than gentle. Now, a full-grown dog could take a bite out of you. And they choose not to because it's, they're being gentle. They have the capacity for gentleness. There's the difference between being harmless and being gentle. Gentleness is not being harmless. It's not being a pushover. It's not being a pacifist. It's not being powerlessness. It is having power and choosing to use it to make others strong. That's it. Gentleness is not weakness. Gentleness is using our strength to make others strong. We see it here in this passage where Paul said he's giving of his own life, of his, of his uh, own self, like a mother would give of herself. A mother's in a natural position of power over a child. Now, unfortunately, mothers sometimes use that power without gentleness, without seeking what is best. A lot of people grow up dealing with the aftermath of one parent or another who did not use their power gently. Things like Mother's Day and Father's Day can be hard when there are wounds from growing up. Lots of moms and dads carry that, the wounds and the, and the baggage, their own baggage from their own childhoods. And, and instead of dealing with it, they, they just hand that suitcase on to the next generation. Some Hear me, hear me, hear me, hear me. There are things that run in families. Do you agree? There are things like addictions and things like abuse. It runs in families. Sometimes things run in families, but isn't it about time for it to run out? Make this the generation where what runs in the family runs out. Whatever that is. The best motivation for using your strength to make others strong is really wanting the good of that other person. Gentleness is the natural product of a mother cherishing her kids. A, a loving mother wants to be gentle with her kids. Um, Paul and his helpers, they wanted good things for the Thessalonians. Therefore, they were gentle. How can we be so gentle with people when they're so difficult sometimes? We need the Holy Spirit growing this inside of us. And it's the same metaphor like a child growing in the womb of a mother. It's conceived and it grows and it's born and it matures. Things like gentleness, they need to have that same run as the Holy Spirit birthed gentleness in us and it starts out small and fragile and it grows. God has given you strength 
but it's strength to share, not strength to hold on to. A mother foods, feeds her newborn baby with her own life essence so that baby will become strong. Mothers use their strength to make others strong, to make their children strong. That's what Jesus' people are supposed to do. Use our strength to make others strong. There is a, there's an old proverb out of the Middle East that says, a gentle hand can lead an elephant by a single hair. I kind of like that. And I love, I so love those, those moms who kind of have that, that knack of like gently leading their child even when the child is not the easiest one to lead. I love it. Gentleness is not weakness. It's not being a pushover or a pacifist or a doormat. Only strong people can truly be gentle. If you see someone clinging to their power, clinging to their strength, that's not a, that's not a sign that they're really strong. If you see one who cannot tolerate someone insulting them, that is not a sign of strength. When you see someone letting someone else have it, not a sign of strength. The weak treat people roughly. The strong are gentle. The strong don't have anything to prove. The strong use their strength to build others up. We read a passage like this and we, we see that it's a little awkward for someone like Paul to compare himself to a nursing mother. It's different for sure. But every Jesus follower has a calling to be like a gentle mother. And may I say, the world needs some people more like that. On Mother's Day, we remember that not everybody has that gentle mother and they need someone like that. And may, hey, maybe you're not a mom and you're not a lady. You're just some guy, but you're trying to follow Jesus. We are to be gentle. Like Paul was gentle. Like Jesus was gentle. Paul talked about giving them two things here. Verse, ten, uh, verse 8, rather. Verse 8. He said he wanted to impart to them the gospel of God and our very lives. What is the gospel? The gospel is the good news that God sent His Son Jesus to earth who lived a perfect, sinless, gentle life and who gave Himself in our place, the sinless for the sinful, to bear the burden of our sin. And if we will trust in this gentle Jesus, we'll be forgiven of our sin. And we'll have a place in God's family. A place in His kingdom. And heaven hereafter. A very different life here. And eternal life hereafter. That's a powerful thing to impart to someone. I hope you're, I hope you're like a gentle mother sharing that with people. Sharing the good news that there is hope and there's life and there's peace and you don't have to wrestle with the guilt and you don't have to worry about the future because we got a God who loves us so much that He sent His Son. And then He said, I want to impart to you my very life. That one's tougher. It's easy to like, well, all right, I grew up in this age of evangelism where you just like knock on someone's door. And there's, that's okay. It's an okay thing to do. Or just like grab someone on the street and say, if you died tonight, would you go to heaven or hell? And let me just tell you, I, I didn't do that personally, but I'm, people have a hard time processing that one. It's like, okay, first of all, let's, let's get each other's names. <laughs> and are you dangerous? You know, that's, we have to share life with one another to really share the gospel. 
Those two things go together. You probably aren't just going to be able to be like, I used to see this video of the evangelism linebacker. They like tackle somebody and tell them about Jesus. That's probably not going to be the most effective way. On our door, we have the name Recreate Church. And right under it, it says a community of life and love. That's what we share. We share life. We share love. And in that, we share the good news of Jesus. These things go together. If you really want to be a powerful influence for people spiritually, you're going to have to share life with them. Let's give it to the Lord. Heavenly Father, in Jesus' name, thank you for mothers and those who have been like mothers. On this Mother's Day, I pray that you'll help us get a sense of this gentleness that you've called us to. That no matter who we are, whether mothers or not, we can show the kind of gentleness that mothers show. The kind of gentleness that Jesus showed. The gentleness that is ready to give of oneself for somebody else. Lord, we give you the glory. We praise you in Jesus' name. Amen. Happy Mother's Day to you. I hope you do have a blessed, blessed day and get to spend it with the important mother figures in your life or, or spend it um, dwelling on the good things that you shared with the important mother figures in your life. Have a great day. That's all I got. You're free to go. God bless you. We'll see you next time.